that certainly didn't go to Gorquad on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Bits gets in and the table here was Garland. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo for the finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. G'day, Blue Baggers, and welcome to the final edition of the Blues Footy Podcast Match Review for 2020. The last round is done, and we've gone down to the lines. It's your host, Jed Zetzer here. And I'm alongside my co-host, Harrison Hyman's Bolt. This will be the last edition of the Match Review Show for this year. Still plenty to come, though. We'll do a full post-season review episode, and we'll be doing a lot of recording during the trade period, won't we, Bolt? Yeah, no, we will. So it's the end of the on-field action, and I guess we bring in the off-field season. The silly season, we like to call it, don't we? Yes, so stay tuned, we'll be talking... Hopefully it does get a bit silly as well. <laughs> we'll be talking a lot about that later in the show. But to start with, Simo, it's his last game. We've gone down. Disappointing result, but how good was it to see him kick that goal? Yeah, it was nice. Vintage Cade Simpson goal. He actually, you know, for a guy that played his entire career in a back pocket, to kick, you know, around 140 goals. Yeah, it's pretty fair Crazy, effort. crazy effort, I thought. Yeah. But no, like, you know what, Simpson went out, you know, once again, I, I, I know a lot of people have been... What's the word? I guess I'd be confused as to why he's retiring. I just think at the end of the day, you know, I think it's better from a supporter point of view to see Cade Simpson leave on really good terms, you know, still playing really good football. Well, I was going to say, it's a true testament to the player he was that he's leaving, still playing such good footy. Like, he's he's leaving the club and he's in really good form. He's going to finish top eight, I think, in the best and fairest. Yep, I've, I've... I think on my own one here, I've got him seventh. So yeah. that's an amazing effort. Yeah. He hasn't missed a game in his final season. I think he had, oh, what was the stat? I think it was 11 years he played of AFL football where he didn't miss a game. Mm. Crazy. He's just been a true warrior for Carlton K. Simpson. He has been. And it's the first time, really, that we're going to go to the footy without Simo on the list, isn't it? Yeah, it will be. So it's pretty crazy. Blue Baggers, so we've first quarter, we did well. We're up by a couple points at quarter time. Should have... That moment where Casbolt was outmarked by Lockie Neal in the goal square would have put us 10 points up. It just... That was one of the more bizarre moments of the year. If you you think about it. (laughs) And and I think Levi's... Look, if you look at the season as a whole, is it a pass for Levi? It's a pass. I was going to say, it's a pass, but he's had a pretty... He's had a bad back end. Yeah, he's had had a pretty average... He had two possessions on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. And that says it all, doesn't it? Two. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, yeah, so we're up by a couple points at quarter time. And then Brisbane go on that rampage. Five goals to nothing in the second quarter. And it's another week where we've managed to concede five goals on the trot. Disappointing, isn't it? Oh, I just don't get it. It happens every We won week. three of the four quarters on Saturday night and lost the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually crazy when you put it like that. It's it's just, you know, that's been the tale of our season. I think we've won the fourth most quarters this year. And I'm not saying that's a good thing because we've only won seven games. Well, the thing it's, is, and I, and I want to use Jack Nunes as an example. 
So Jack Nunes, he's come out and had an outstanding first quarter. I thought he was almost our best player in the first quarter. He's had, I think, eight touches, kicked a goal. He's had a ripping quarter, but he's only managed the five or six disposals after quarter time for the rest of the match. There's too many players who are having big quarters, but not not four-quarter efforts. Yeah. And I think Nunes is probably one of those players who does that regularly. I want to talk about Sam Walsh, because he is... That was monstrous. Wow. What a player. It was monstrous. He's had 31. Is that career high for him? I was thinking that. I'll have a look whilst we're recording. Um, So he's had 31. He's had the five score involvements, three tackles. He's had a mark, six clearances, five inside 50s. Even had a rebound 50. I mean, he's he's absolutely dominated. And yeah. he and he'll he should get well, what are you giving him this week? We'll get to rate the players later, but he'll probably get a nine or ten. Yeah. Oh, I think I gave him I think I gave him a I gave him an eight, because you know, he was really good. He, I don't know, he it just wasn't maybe as good as like the Sydney game or something like that. Yeah, that's but, um, fair, I can understand. He that. was very he was he was one contested he, possessions. He was our best player Walsh. He just Goodness me, he's so good. I'm just looking career highs. or his career high is 32, so it was his second greatest disposal tally. Yeah. It's it's outstanding, though. Uh, so we've ended up going down to the Lions by three goals. Thought it was a positive night for H. Probably two good weeks in a row for him. A great end to the year for H. He, yeah, and um, he needed it. He was kicking goals. He was yeah. taking contestant. And look, I know he his last two opponents of the year were butts and pain. Yeah. So I know his last two opponents for the year were pain and butts. But he um pain and butts. <laughs> a pain. Oh, he's becoming a pain in the butt, isn't he, Harry? <laughs> Doesn't sound That's brilliant. Yeah, pain that, and butts. That, that, did, that didn't sound great, did it? But um, <laughs> but no, look, he's been clunking a mate. You know, he's he's had he's you know what he's our leading goal kicker for the second year running. I think he had a very positive month. You know, last month he yeah. started taking contested marks and just becoming a real pre- a real focal point for us. Yeah. yeah, and you know with Charlie Kerno for season two, two thousand and twenty one is in. You know, I think you know, H has given himself a really good platform to you know kind of lift off. Yep, absolutely, I can agree with that. So, someone I want to talk about before we rate Teague, Matt Kennedy. So he's coming for his you know the final game of the year. He's ended up having twenty three touches. Matt Kennedy. He's had an outstanding night. Twenty three touches. He had, which I, I was very impressed with at seventy percent efficiency because he's known to maybe not be one of our better ball users. So he's had 70% efficiency, five marks. He was lucky. 13 pressure acts, six clearances, four tackles, two inside 50s. Those numbers, I mean, he's had three score involvements as well. The goals just like, those numbers are really good. He would have been so thankful when he looked at the weather radar before the game. That's true as well. But um, I mean, how can so, he... So, so we, I think we were both under the impression that... His papers were probably stamped. Well, that this was... A very important game for his future yes, at Carlton. Yes, because he was probably going to be one of those carryover players that future was decided based on things out of his control. Yeah, and I think he he was one of our better players. He put in a really solid shift, Kennedy. See, when he's played this year, he's been good. I don't know if you can. I mean, people yeah. are saying he's I not going to get another contract. Probably worth a one-year contract, maybe. See, season averages. He's only played the seven games, so, but he's averaged sixteen disposals at seventy percent efficiency. You know, he's kicked two goals for the year. He's, yeah, I don't know. He's had 19 score involvement, so he's averaging almost three a game. 26 marks, that's the stat for me. So he's averaging almost he's four a marks mark. a game. He's going to be so close. He's averaging three I, tackles a game. Like, these are good numbers. Three inside 50s a game. No, I, I, I think he'll be okay. 
He should be. He should be. He really should be. But he's on high notice. For and I think another preseason under his belt should give him a little bit of a bigger tank. Maybe I just think, as in, it's a sh- like it's hard for him because Setterfield's just gone right past him. Mm. And then there's obviously Kerno and Cripps. It's gonna be quite. It's gonna be close. Mm. It's like he. I think he'll be there, but I still don't know if he would be in my plans to kind of build a successful team with. And that's fair. That's fair. So let's rate Teague. I'm, I'm gonna give him. Oh, it's pretty stiff, I reckon. Oh, I'm gonna give him a six. So there's one. So I, I there's one th- when I watch Brisbane. There's one thing I can never understand, and it's why don't teams. Lockdown on Lockie Neal really tightly. And why didn't we? Well, I don't understand it either. So he ran right, Neal. He's, I mean, he dominated. He had the 30 touches. Yeah. Didn't hit the scoreboard, but he still had 30. As in, like, him and McCluggage had five shots on goal between them. Yeah. As in, in McCluggage... that happens most weeks. I know. And I, that could easily be four goals one rather than zero yeah. goals five. Yeah. It's just, that it was really frustrating with Neal. It really was because it was just so obvious. Mm. Like, and we had a defense, and it was wet as well. So we had a defensive minds in midfield with Kerno and Kennedy in there. Uh, I, Kerno was kind of going; it just wasn't tight enough. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird midfield setup. I thought, and it got even weirder when Cripps went off. And like Martin, like Martin shouldn't have played in my opinion, but they used Martin a bit weirdly up until halftime. I yeah. thought, like he did. He was. Unnoticed. I think he had one possession in the first half, Martin. They moved him onto the ball. They moved Cunningham a bit more up the ground as well. Mm. The issue is when Carlton, you know, that second quarter, when we do concede all those goals at once, it does look like well, a mess. We well, had it was th- a mess, It was though. 21 to 3 inside 50s in a quarter. Mm. That's absurd. Uh, how many possessions did we have in that second quarter? It's just... It was... It, it's just... It's... It's just so frustrating because, you know, you, we were in that game. Like, the first quarter, we were kicking... Go- we kicked four goals in the first quarter. You know, well, I was, was going to say, we were in the it. The ball like, movement looked really, really good. Yeah. I thought like, I thought at quarter time we were a chance. We were looking all right. And they just switch off. They switch off too What, what are you giving Teague? Probably a five, just another nine. So, the only it's reason... Another, I, I mean, I just yeah, gave like, him a six because I think... You know, you're coming up against a premier side in the competition, and we've only gone down by two and a half goals. I know, but it's like, it, like for me, that loss just wasn't good enough. And there were just a lot of just stupid goals. Mm. Like the one where Daniel Rich just, like Daniel Rich did what he wanted as well. It was just, it was just very frustrating. Like, I don't know. It was just a very frustrating second quarter, and it could have been a great night for us. Could have been. We should have won. Imagine the scenes had we won that. You know, cheering Simpson and you know Cruiser off, and mm. and I know. So why didn't they chair Simo off? Oh, I, I, I didn't mind it. Gave him the big guard of honor. Wouldn't have minded if he was on Murph and Kerno's shoulders. Yeah. And I saw there was a bit of feedback on Twitter that people didn't love the fact that Simpson didn't have the stage to his own at the end, that Cruz was on there. But for me, I didn't have... No, I thought, I didn't I have thought, an was, a, I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, I didn't have an issue with it. You know, Cruz has been a pretty good player for I don't know us. why there's so much discussion about the way players exit the field for the nah, last and like, time. And like Simpson will get a lap of honour at the MCG next oh, year. Absolutely. So I, absolutely. He might get two. <laughs> but yeah, so let's rate the players now. Give us your top three from the night, Bolt. Well, once again... As per the Adelaide game, I thought it was an obvious two, which was Walsh and Mackay. 
Yeah. I thought they were our two best again. They've had really good back ends to the year. So yep. I gave Walsh an eight. And I gave Mackay an eight. Mackay was good. And then next best was... I th- I'm going to give it to Plowman. He did another number on Charlie Cameron, I thought. Demolished him. Demolished him. Um, yeah. I'll let you go for, before I give special mentions, but I'll give it to Plowman. So I've gone Walsh. I've given Walsh a nine. I've, I've given him a... I've gone with the nine. I've also... So it's tough because Plowman's obviously... He deserves recognition for his performance. I actually thought Simpson was really good in his last game. I thought he was outstanding, but... He's not in the top three, yeah. but I just want to... He, he, I thought his exits out of the back 50 were a little yeah. erratic. Yeah, it happened fair. a few times. Like, Wiedering did it a bit. Nunes, they all, you know, direct turnovers coming out. That's fair. I guess that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Walsh. I'm going to give Kennedy a seven. Yep. Yeah, so Kennedy was another one on my on a seven for me. So, I think Kennedy was probably, you know, close onto that top three. Something I want to mention here. Eric Hipwood. Yep. Only kicked the one goal. And it was such a fluke. So I was going to say, I think Wiedering's had a great night. Yeah, I just... He made a couple of errors early on, Wiedering. Yeah. But he, look, he's, yeah. he's always... What did I give Wiedering? I think I would have given him a six. So he's just... Goes about his business, Wiedering. Yeah. He only took the one mark. So he wasn't his same, you know, dominant game. But it was, you know, tough for the big boys to get involved. Yeah, so for mine, I'm going Walsh, McKay and Kennedy. But special mentions to Wieders and Simo. And even... Even probably... Jones. I was going to say, Jones probably deserves a special mention. McStay had five possessions. Yeah. And I even thought Petrovsky Seaton had one of his better games. He was okay, year. yeah. So yeah, that's that's my that's my little shout for the best on the night. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Should we move on to the bottom three? We can. We can. Do you I've, want to keep... I know yeah. we don't like doing this, but well, it's a bit of a nudge as we keep saying every week. It has to be... Well, bets. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, it, it's a tough one. I don't get it anymore. I don't get it. What is he's just? He still may not get a contract, but I, but if he does, I think it's I think it's simply because we don't have depth in that position. And I still think, but and I, best, I still think, if you're playing a massive crunch game at the G next year, you want Eddie out there. But is bets being on the list hindering the fact we don't have anyone in that position? Do you think he's blinding us from going out and getting small forwards? Oh, as in if the club think that he's in our future plans. Then... But like not even in the future. Like, we... Nah, but the club are 100% going to try and get a small forward know, but, this but we, but we can't have a discussion as a club and say, anyway, when the conversation of small forwards come up, like, we can't even say, oh, but we got bets. Like, he shouldn't even be a topic of conversation. So you think he should complement our list rather than be someone who we rely on? He should just exist on the list. Well, I think that that probably is the case. Yeah, it's just it's and it's. I know it's harsh, but he's he's done stuff all in the last two months. He's probably done stuff all since his first month of footy. He was unbelievable against Geelong. Man of the match, unbelievable. Best on ground. He was very very good against the Bulldogs in round six. Yep, they're the only two real. I thought he was. I thought he was good without hitting the scoreboard against the Gold Coast. Yeah, I was. I was going to say he played well against the Gold Coast. But they're the only three that stand out for mine. Yeah, it's just not much has been happening for him. He yeah, could. He, I, and he had a good first half against Collingwood. Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, it's just. It's tough, isn't it? I just yeah. And I think that's why people are getting a bit, a bit frustrated with the Simpson retirement. It's the fact that Simpson's retiring. Yet bets is likely to but stay see, on, argument, which I understand. My argument to that is, 
you know, Newman, Doherty, Williamson. We've got so much depth in Simpson's position, and I think next year with Newman coming back, the club are pretty realistic. They're saying, well, you can't fit Newman and Simpson in the same side. I know. And Newman's going to play, so why would we keep Simo on the list and potentially not play him everywhere? It's just... Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, no, Simpson's no. role I, probably I, is I, gone. I personally don't have an issue with Simpson being shown the door. For me... When you put it like that, it doesn't sound great. No, <laughs> I, but, I, but I don't have an issue with Simpson retiring. Yeah, I like that he's going out on a high. He I, deserves but, to. But for me, it's just hard to see Simpson... Like, Simpson would have been tapped on the shoulder. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And I think and I think Eddie probably should have got the tap as well. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. If yeah. Simpson goes, Betts goes. If it's a club-enforced decision. Mm, it's fair. It's interesting. It's going to be very... So, so you got Eddie in the bottom three. Yeah. So who's your other two? Well, Kaz Bolt as well. We've touched yeah. on Kaz. Yeah, he didn't do much. And then, you know I don't like... I don't like when De Koning and Pittanet play together. I thought they were both pretty average. But I thought Pittanet was... Pittanet was... I didn't even know he was playing. Well, De Koning didn't register a stat after halftime. I, I didn't even see him in the picture. Did he register a hit-out? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't think he registered a possession, though. Um, he didn't do... I, I they didn't see so, so, can we establish, going forward into season 2021, they cannot play together? They can't. I'm sorry. They have to play De Koning by himself. De Koning did not register a hit-out after halftime, or he gave away one free kick after halftime. That was his Whoa. stat line. Whoa. Whoa. Didn't, he didn't enter my TV. I didn't see him after halftime. Yeah, so De Koning can't... They have they can't to play, play De Koning yeah. with Casbolt as the pinch hitter. Mm. You can't, yeah. They can't, can't play all three. Yeah. It's too awkward because Pittenet can't do anything but ruck. Mm. And Pittenet keeps getting... He was okay in the first quarter, Pittenet, but he just... Can I say it on? He just gives me the shits a little. Yeah. I don't know why. Block your ears, kids. We don't usually swear. <laughs> it's like he sometimes... I don't know. Like he's, he's, not a, he's not bad at following up his own work in the middle. But rather than just kicking it in, he sometimes gives off these dainty little handballs. Yeah. I don't know. I think we have to give De Koning his own space. Yeah, I agree. We do. I agree. So I was those are your bottom three. So well, Pitt, who's in there? So Pittenet or De Koning? Or are you going to do both? You can say both. No, I'm going to say De Koning. Wow, okay. How can that's you not fair. register a statistic? Yeah, that's fair. So my bottom three, I th- yeah. Going down a similar... Oh, no, what was his time on ground, though? It was... I don't know. The AFL app hasn't updated. But yeah, it was just bizarre. I can get it. I'll get his time. But yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting one. For sure, Tom DeConning. I'm not sure how... Yeah, I'm not sure how much of an impact he had, really. Yeah, he's, no. he's had 82 minutes on the ground out of 110. So he's played a game. He's played a full game, essentially. Uh, my bottom three, I'm chucking Eddie in there. Just having no impact on the scoreboard as a small forward, only registering seven disposals isn't good enough for mine. And, yeah, I mean, Deconing probably... Well, Casbolt's obviously in there. Two disposals is inexcusable. And, yeah, it's probably Deconing. But I think it's worth noting, Mitch McGovern, again, didn't have a good night. He, He looked okay in the back line. Not great. Six touches. He looked okay. So I look at this... I couldn't believe he held his spot. So I look at this and I go, here's a guy who you've brought in on huge money to be a forward. Something is going terribly wrong if you're playing him on the other side of the ground. Yep. 
So there's question marks going into 2021 surrounding Mitch McGovern. Absolutely. He's going to be under the pump. And let's be honest, he's been pretty bang on average since he's entered the Carlton Football Club. It's so disappointing. And his last year at Adelaide was bang on average as well. It's so annoying. Because I, I can see a player, but we're not getting that player. Mm. The other one's Cam Paulson. Made a couple mm. of errors early. I think, I, I'm not sure if he did himself and his employment at the Carlton Football Club. Any it's such a tough favor. one. Because it's like, if you look at him, he's essentially started a completely new role. And he's already cracked a couple games. And you can say it's his first year in that role. But he's had so many years at the club now to prove something and hasn't really been able to. I think his time's up. It's he's it's he, it's really harsh because he's actually had a really good year in the in the reserves. And I thought he and Kennedy were going to be in the same type of boat. They'll kind of have to wait to see what's happening with the no, shape Paulson. of the list. Paulson's going to go before Kennedy, but I don't know. He, don't reckon he's there next year. I don't know. It'll be close. If Zach Williams is coming in as well, yeah. Well, let's talk about it. So the, yeah. So we record here on Monday morning. Now, we usually record straight after the match, but because of... We had, it, we had our own Mad Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because of uh, COVID, it was a night match, uh, so we weren't able to record together. So we've decided to record here on Monday morning. And some very special news, Bolt. Zach Williams, he's... <clears throat> I'm just going to read the article from Sam Edmund on SEN. This was posted five minutes ago on the SEN website. <clears throat> The floor is yours. Zach Williams will nominate Carlson as his club of choice as early as Tuesday after the line-breaking free agent told GWS he was willi- he was leaving. Williams used the day of his 26th birthday to yesterday told Giants coach Leon Cameron he was out seven years after becoming the first academy graduate to join the GWS list. Happy birthday, Zach. Welcome to Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> well, Red Bolt. He left Sunday's meeting with Cameron to complete a Carlson medical. It is believed Blues forward Eddie Betts, who played a pivotal role in luring Jack Martin to Princess Park, has been equally influential in Williams' choice of club. Oh, Jack Martin, the free gift that keeps on giving. Oh, he just <laughs> keeps on giving, doesn't he, Martin? So, yeah. But how does he help us going forward? Immensely. It's, an, it's, it's another... <laughs> you are smiling. It's, you're it's you're a, glowing, it's, mate. It's, it's another... He's gonna, he has to play exclusively as a midfielder. It's just, he's going to give us chaos, another unpredictable dimension. He's quick. He's not the most beautiful ball user. He could end up being the biggest coup in the trade period. He's going to be, oh, he's going to be a great pickup for us, Williams. He, um, yeah, they call him one of the dash bros at the Giants. and <laughs> Going to be very, very interesting to see what type of a role he plays for us. I think he is probably the biggest free agent who will move. I don't think Jeremy Cameron's going to move. I don't think... Well, you know, to be fair, Brad Crouch and Joe Danaher will probably be bigger free agent moves. Yeah. They're bigger players, but Williams could end up being the most influential, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how he goes at us. I'm excited. I mean, we're landing big fish now. There's been a lot of talk as well surrounding Adam Saad. Yep. So that's going to be very, very interesting to see where he goes. I still think he's a fair shout to uh, to come to Carlton. Yep. Um, yeah, well, Adam Saad will compliment Zach with they, They'd be the new Dash Bros, yes. Williams and Saad. Yes, well, I mean... Well, one, one at a time, one at a time. One at a time, yeah. <laughs> let's lock away Williams and then move on. But yeah, now, Blue Baggers, we will be doing a post-season 
uh, review edition of the show where we will be revealing our best and fairest winner. So I'm sure you noticed we didn't post our, up, our updated leaderboard following last week's game, and we're not going to following this week's game. We will reveal it on the next edition of the show. And we'll also reveal our... What other awards will we do? We'll do best first year player. Most improved. Most improved. I think we'll do surprise packet of the year. Yeah. Little... Moment of the year. Yeah. Bar Jack Nunes. Goal, yeah. <laughs> so it's a moment without Nunes. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and then goal of the year without Nunes as well. <laughs> apparently, I actually read a thing that apparently the two leading contenders for the AFL goal of the year. And Nunes and Cripps. Yeah. Yeah, well, Cripps should get it. That I'm... is the goal of the year. I'm voting Nunes. As in, yeah. As in the actual Nunes goal... Nunes kicked it from the Perth Casino. No, no, no. So I'm, saying, if, I'm saying, obviously, circumstances are huge. But if Nunes kicks that goal in the second quarter, it's not up for goal of the year. No. But Cripps was just... Cripps was, Cripps was just... Just as classy. Gladiator. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool that we got the two candidates for goal of the year. Yeah, but... Uh, well, it's a fan vote, so I'm sure Dacos will win. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, Blue Baggers, you got to get around our boys. you got to vote for them. Yeah, we'll... I'm sure we'll drown social media with... A couple of candidates for surprise packet of the year. So this is not most improved. It's surprise. Um... Probably Tom Williamson. The fact that he came into the team so early and never missed after. Yep. I think that probably took me off. I, I didn't really have much expectation on Williamson because he didn't really play much in the preseason. No. So that probably took me a little bit off guard. I um, think another surprise packet is Lockie Plowman. How good his year was. Now, I just yeah. want to say, we were red hot on him early in the year because his first month was pretty ordinary. But I reckon barring two games, one being against last week when we lost to Adelaide, yep. and maybe one other game... That he may have stumbled, up, you know, may have had a stumble. I think he's had almost a perfect year. I mean, he's, he's demolished had... Charlie Cameron. He's demolished Tom Papley. They're the two premier yeah, he, small forwards he, in the competition. He did, he did end up having a good but year. But does, does that not tell you he has to play small rather than tall? Yes. Who did yeah, he play on? Who did he play on against uh, Adelaide? McAdam was it? McAdam. McAdam's a bigger boy than Papley and Cameron. Yeah, uh, yeah he probably is better suited playing small. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's he's a small he's a lockdown. And I think these those two matches and his best games for the club have come against small no, defenders. That, that's definitely true. Yes. So does this not tell even, us he, even he, he has played, to be a lockdown defender? He played defender. well on um, Robbie Gray as well. And this is where Marchbank comes into the picture. Does Marchbank come in when we need a third tall? Yeah. See now the now the piece of the puzzle start falling into place. Yes. So going into season 2021. We can expect to see Zach Williams. We can also expect the inclusions of Charlie Kerno, Caleb Marchbank, Nick Newman. Three massive ins. Well, one enormous in, one really big in, and then one question mark. And I think Kerno's the enormous in. Yep. The big in is Newman. He's a, Newman's huge for us. I like Newman. And then the question marks the surrounding Marchbank. Because realistically, we just haven't seen him for so, so long that we don't know and if you know he's what? any good. And even with Charlie Kerno coming in, you know, Mitch McGovern and Marchbank might be fighting for a spot down back. You know, yep. they might McGovern might have an off season in the back line. Yep, you know, we've, we've seen Rowe do it. We saw Jones do it. Yep. You know, it'll be very, very, you know, interesting to see what happens. Gee whiz! So, whoa! I don't, I don't I'm know. Just, I don't know if we look into much on social media, but Zach Merritt has just removed Essendon from his Instagram bio and stopped following the club. Jed Zetzer from E Entertainment News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I get sucked into these little things. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 very uh, it's very it's a silly season. It's a very silly time of the year, isn't it? 
be interesting to see what happens. Wow. It's going to be very... Zach Williams is a great get. Yeah, he is. He's a great get. Be interesting. So we've got massive ins coming in next year. Structurally, we look much better on paper. But yeah, we're going to talk more about this in our end-of-season edition of the show. So... Blue Bag is a shorter edition of the show this week, Bolt. Yep. We thought we'll do a little bit shorter. No Twitter questions, because we'll leave those for our next episode. Big, big episode. You don't want to miss it next week, I think we'll be releasing that. Yep. So, make sure to stay tuned. Blue Bag is another edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. This one's the Cade Simpson Blues Footy Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, he's a warrior, and we, we absolutely love seeing him. For the very last time on the weekend, Blue Baggers, thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the show and stay tuned. Plenty of content coming in the off-season. We will be doing daily episodes during the trade period. We'll also do a draft preview, a draft recap. We'll do a trade period recap. Yeah, we'll, gonna we'll, be, we'll be around. There's going to be a lot going do. on. Not much to do otherwise. Yeah, well, I mean, we're in lockdown. What else is there to do? <laughs> Not much. Yeah, so we'll be around, Blue Baggers. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Blues Against the famous old dark moon